Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And once again, from upcountry South Carolina, good day to you. My name is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. The podcast where we look and study the Bible and learn about the God of heaven, the wonder of Jesus Christ and his uh, making a way for us to go to heaven, and our relationship with him in heaven, as well as our relationship with others, and then how we celebrate, feast, energize, and uh, just love in heaven. A number of different things we have been enjoying this podcast for just about a year now. I might be off a couple of months here. I'll have to check with our editorial group, uh, wonderful people in California who have been helping me with this podcast, and we had no idea that the outreach would be so powerful, and I'm thankful to the Lord for that. I'm thankful you're here. I'm taking you to Revelation 21, and as we go into this book that some people are very afraid of, a number of Christians have admitted to me They don't want to read the book. They are scared of this book. But I find Revelation 21, especially Revelation 21 and 22, some of the most wonderful promises to the believer. Within Revelation chapter 21, after John has cited that he has uh, uh, told us that he has cited the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, and then there are these promises, the words of the Lord that are being presented to you, and now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, it says in verse 3. They will be his people, God himself will be with them, and be their God, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Then you read some more of what is being said from the throne. I am making everything new, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Now listen very carefully. Verse 6. Again, we're listening to what is being said from God. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now, Of all of this, Jesus being God, saying this, we see this very curious word, overcome. And it says it in verse 7. It tells you this, he who overcomes will receive all these things, immortality, a pain-free existence, a walk with the Lord, being the child of God, God freely and happily saying, I will be their God. No more tears, no more sorrow, all of these things to the overcomer. Okay, well, now what does this mean? And in one of my online classes, this came up on a comment. Somebody said, well, I I really don't know. What does this mean by an overcomer? It's a fair question. Is this a special niche that uh, there's uh, persons that are following the Lord, and now these are one particular part of, uh, of Christendom, and then, then, but over here we have overcomers, or is this a denomination? You have uh, 
this particular group here of a denomination, and we have over here the overcomer denominations. Well, let's take a look at it. Let's see what the scripture tells us about this, because we see this word coming up again and again. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7, you see in the church of Ephesus, Revelation 2 and 3 are talking to the churches here and now at the time of the reader. And it tells you in names of the seven churches, five get chastised, two get commended, but there's always a promise to them. And it says in, to Ephesus, the overcomer gets to eat from the tree of life. To the church of Smyrna, the call is in Revelation chapter 2, that the overcomer will not be hurt by the second death. First death would be physical, the second death would be spiritual. To the church in Pergamos, we're still in Revelation chapter 2, drop down to verse 17, and it says the overcomer will receive hidden manna to eat, white stone as well, with a new name written. To Thyatira, in Revelation 2, verses 26 through 28, you will receive, the overcomer will receive power over the nations and the morning star. Sardis, the overcomer, is given the white garments, a name that is not blotted out of the book of life, a name confessed before the Father and the angels in chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. To the church of Philadelphia, the overcomer, verse 12 tells us in chapter 3, they will be made a pillar in the temple of God. They will be given the name of God, New Jerusalem, and Jesus' new name written upon it. And then in Laodicea, the overcomer, in verse 21, the overcomer will sit with Jesus on his throne. So this must be something else when we're talking about an overcomer. What does this exactly mean? When we look at this, when we see all of these promises and we look at them, the overcomer, uh, the definition will be found in 1 John chapter 5. Verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Born of God. Not born of flesh, born of pride, born of self-promotion. Born of God overcomes the world. We're talking about salvation, being born again, as it says in John 3. Continuing on, 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. So this overcoming, is the aim is to have a victory. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Listen very carefully now. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, what it is, is not by physical effort, but by deep belief, which brings about the actions, the ways, the walk of the world, or the walk in the world, not of the world. But this, it is not, as James says, your works do not give you faith, but your works show your faith. This is what it's talking about here. Those who overcome are so connected in their loving relationship with God that they are overcoming. Sin's temptation, even as in Romans 7, Paul says, I battle these things, but I find victory in Jesus Christ. What does it say in 1 John 2.13? I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome. Well, overcome what? The wicked one. I write to you, children, because you have known the Father. Do you see? The overcoming is interlaced with belief. Your trust, you are able to overcome. When I was in high school, 
started in junior high, I wanted to be a high school wrestler. Well, there's a lot of things that I had to overcome. Uh, the dormant muscles, uh, the long, long practices, the possibility and the reality of losses and things. Going through those, having to cut back on my eating because I had to what's called make weight. But within that, I did these things, which I dearly hated at times, because the end result is I wanted to be a high school wrestler, make it on the varsity team. So with that in mind, I was able to overcome these things. And you have in your life many things that you do to overcome the things that might set you back or so easily beset you, as the Bible tells you. The overcomer, even in the face of death, you would be strong in here. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 says, And they overcame the, the demonic powers, the worst that Satan could bring. Verse 11, And they overcame him because of what? Because of their effort, their ways, their style, their looks? No. Because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, they did not love their life even when faced with death. Amazing. They do this because what they have is the inheritance, the, the, the belief and the following that Jesus is my all, God the Father is my goal, his home in heaven, I will follow him in thankfulness and such. This is an overcomer. It's a simple term with great deep meaning. You are following Jesus Christ. Remember 1 John 4, 4, greater is he, believer, that is in you than he that is in the world. That is an overcomer. So it's not by self-effort. It's by the loyal love of Jesus Christ and obedience to him, following him, giving your life over to him, and in that, being an overcomer of the things of the cosmos, the Greek word for the world, and finding victory in Jesus Christ. Just like we used to sing whenever I was growing up in the different vacation Bible schools and church, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. The victory is in Jesus, and we can be a part of that victory. Thank you so much. Another heavenly thought here. This is Brad. I appreciate so much your love, your encouragement, and such, and uh, look forward very much to talking with you in future podcasts. Take care. This is Brad from Upcountry, South Carolina, on a day that uh, we're in between rains from the hurricane season, so I'm enjoying the dryness just for a little bit here. Take care, God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.